Have you ever experienced buyer's remorse? You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure most all of you have experienced like buyer's remorse. I remember when we bought our townhouse, you know, that was like the first um, house that we're that we've ever you know, we're blessed to own. And, uh, you know, I remember we are thinking about it, and we, we finally put the thing in, and it was all gone through, you know, that escrow thing and all that. And I remember we were living in Kaimaki, and I was just taking a walk, and I called Neil Murakami because he was one of the guys that kind of roped me into that. Um, and, uh, you know, I was kind of freaked out, to be honest, thinking that... Um, I was going to have to make this huge payment every month for up to 30 years. You know, never had to make a payment like that before. It was like crazy. What if I'm not even going to live 30 more years, maybe? And, you know, there's this, right? Because, you know, like I was, I was 50, I think, at that time, or a little older. I was older. I was like 53. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to, like, that's like 30 years. I'll be like 80-something. I'll be old, you know? And, um, Man, I was just freaking out on that day. And maybe for some of you, it wasn't um, that bad. You know, maybe you got caught up in the feeding frenzy called Black Friday, you know. And, and when you got home and you bought something, when you got home, you had that, that gnawing feeling, that sense of dissatisfaction, you know. And then you're, you're kind of thinking, man, did, why did I spend all that money on this, right? I mean, do I really, did I really need a radio-controlled drone, you know, I mean, you know, something like that, you know, you're looking at that, or maybe it wasn't something so impulsive like that, uh, maybe something caught your eye and thought, man, that'd be kind of good, and then you did some research, you read about it, you, you know, went online, looked at it, you know, checked out all the stuff, and then you even went to go and look at it, thought, man, that, that'll, that, that'll change my life, I get that, that'll change my life, you know, start saving your money for it, and then uh, you buy it, and then after you buy it, you, you, you get that, you know, that depressing kind of sense that it really wasn't all that life-changing after all, you know? That's like buyer's remorse. And most people, if you're like most people, you've experienced buyer's remorse at some time in your life. And there's this, I've just noticed there's this other, another, you know, phenomena that happens to a lot of us after we go through another really hectic and busy and costly Christmas season. You know, we experience a kind of post-Christmas remorse. You know, we'll say stuff like, man, I, I wanted this Christmas um, to be really, I just wanted to be really spiritually in tune this Christmas. You know, I wanted to be one of those where my heart is filled with wonder and awe and worship. You know, or, you know, we say stuff like, you know, I really wanted to start early, get all my Christmas cards and gifts out of the way, you know, and, and just really enjoy Christmas this year. Or, or we might say stuff like, you know, I, I wanted to be smarter, I wanted to spend less, and I really wanted to give to those less fortunate uh, than, than I am this year, you know. And in the end, a lot of times, you know, we, we survive Christmas more than anything else, and and we really don't enjoy this special time of year as much as we could. And we, we kind of feel this post-Christmas kind of remorse. And we're kind of thinking, next year is going to be different. I don't know how many times I've said to myself, next year is going to be different. You know, I'm going to start them Christmas cards in August or something like that, you know. And, and you know, next year, you know, it's going to be different. Next year, I'm going to get Christmas right, you know. And, I don't know, don't you ever feel like that? You know, because it's really easy to, 
to get all busy and get all distracted and, and forget why Christmas is so meaningful and so amazing. And then we kind of forget the true reason we celebrate Christmas. And so I thought over the next few weeks, let's, let's kind of like focus in and, and let's make this Christmas different. Let's, get, let's make and get this Christmas right. And so the best place to start is what? Is to, to go back and, and let's start with the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. At least we'll get that out of the way. We'll check that one off and we'll get that. But I was going to read it and I thought, you know what? Maybe it's better to show it there. So just uh, follow along as we look and hear Luke chapter 2. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, these past few days, I've been kind of reading that familiar story. It's kind of over and over every day, kind of looking at it. And, and you know, the really amazing thing is every single time that I've, I've read about, you know, I've read this story and how amazing um, this, this, this story really is, you know, God just kind of illumines some little point, just something that pops out that, you know, he kind of reminding me just for that day, he just reminded me about something maybe that I've forgotten, you know, and it's just been so great 
to read that over and over. And, and I hope that you'll read that story again and again. And, you know, what we did as the kids got older is that, you know, on Christmas morning before, you know, the ravenous wolves just tore open all the presents, you know, we stopped and it was kind of read that story. And uh, I read that, and it's a good reminder of what God did to meet your needs and meet my needs and how God saw the condition on planet Earth and he didn't look away. That how, how God looked at our sinfulness and knew that we needed a Savior, so he sent one. And I really like what Max Licato, a pastor and writer, once wrote. He said, if our greatest need had been for information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was for forgiveness, God sent us a savior. And that's the hope in the heart of Christmas, that God gave his very, very best so that he could meet our most pressing need. You know, that's the miracle of Christmas. And the mind-blowing thing is that God had you and I in mind when he sent Jesus to come to earth. That he had you, he commissioned his one and only son, you know, to take on human flesh. And you know the thing is, if you just grab on to that truth, if you would begin to really like, you know, to really think and accept and receive that truth, it'll just change your life. It'll change the way you see things. It'll change the way that you see people. You know, that, that you begin to look for people and you say, hey, you know, that's someone that Jesus came to die for. You know, and that person is someone. And, and we grow in our love and compassion for others. You know, it changes the way we relate to our family and our friends. And, and we look at people who are less fortunate than we are. And we begin to think beyond ourselves. And, and, and a true Christmas spirit begins to kind of root itself in our hearts. And, and that's what Christmas is about. You know, this year we weren't going to do an angel tree. Every year we do a, an angel tree where we talk to a McKinley, a counselor at McKinley, and they give us, um, you know, some needs from some families, you know, four or five families usually. And, um, you know, we, we get the things that they need and we put them on a tree out there. Well, this year for a number of reasons, some good reasons in, in, in some ways, we just were not able to do that this year. You know, we're thinking we're just not going to be able to, as much as we would like, because we've done this for a number of years now, we said, man, I just would love to do it, but we couldn't do it. You know, but one day, um, nine-year-old Josh Oyadamari Chun, he overheard, uh, and, and I, I find this about Josh, that he's a very inquisitive young man, and, and he overhears a lot of things. Um, he heard, overheard one day that um, you know, one of the pastors at his church was referred to as uh, Dr. Love, and he, he never forgot that. But Josh, nine-year-old Josh Yadamar, overheard that we might not do an angel tree this year, and he decided on his own that... Um, it just had to be done. And so nine-year-old Josh volunteered to, uh, to head up this, uh, this, this project, you know. And, uh, you know, he's a good leader, and he uh, delegated some stuff to his mom and his pops. And, uh, <laughs> but you know what? It wasn't done. And, and when uh, Josh's dad, uh, Dave, uh, who is part of our teaching team here, and he also is a teacher in Sunday school, um, you know, when Dave asked uh, um, Josh, why, why did you feel like it has to be done? You know, and, and Josh said it reminded him of how uh, Nehemiah 
uh, saw Jerusalem's walls in ruin and felt God's leading to, to rebuild the walls in spite of all the odds, right? Was it going to be easy? Was it not going to be like just a day thing? It was going to take time. There was a lot of uh, opposition, but it just had to be done. And, and young Josh, you know, um, thought about the less fortunate at McKinley High School and that we, you know, th- th- and, and how we try to bless them every uh, Christmas and felt that it just had to be done. And so when you came in today, you saw there was an angel tree out there, and um, we're going to have it, and um, here's the thing. Our angel tree out there is there because a nine-year-old young man decided that it just had to be done, right? And that's Josh Oyadamari back there. So why don't you give a hand? Why don't you do Yeah. Yeah. One day, Josh, I hope that your father turns out as good a man as you. <laughs> but I'm excited about that because this is the second, you know, the, um, earlier, you know, we did a smoothie um, fundraiser for the Next Step Homeless Shelter, and that was um, Ellis. You know, Ellis Chinin uh, decided that, you know, it had to be done. She had a burden for the homeless. And Ellis is how old? Six. Six. Okay. Yeah, six year old. See, God is doing something with our children. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. If they can lead something like this, I mean, what does God want us to do? But so blessed. So here's the angel tree instructions out there. All right. Right now, there are over 50 ornaments. Okay. And on that are the needs and the, 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 the wants, the requests of five families. And, uh, one of the families, he's a 17-year-old, or she, or he, is a 17-year-old student at um, Rose, uh, at Rose, at McKinley. My son teaches at Roosevelt, saying this anyway. But, and and he's, the student is a foster child, and you know just loves to go eat zippies when they can. He wants, they want a bathrobe, clothes. And uh, McKinley dog tag from Justin's, but you know that's kind of expensive. But you know there's some things that that family has requested. Um, another family, the student and a mom, and a mom's significant other, and the mom has multiple health issues, and student wants shoes and pens and pencils, erasers, some board games. I would recommend gestures. You know, fourteen ninety-five at Barnes and Nobles. You can do that. Uh, family three. Student living with grandparents, mothers in and out of prison, grandfather's kind is ill, grandmother's not um, <clears throat> is working to take care of grandpa. Um, they really just want food because the family runs out at the end of the month. I mean, I mean that that's an amazing Christmas. You know, what do I want? What do you want for Christmas? See, radio controlled drone. No, you know, I just want food because we run out when the month ends. You know. Also wants a bike fixed at Macaulay Bikes, clothes, shoes. Family four, <clears throat> student lives with grandparents, brother, sister. They would love to have clothes, food, a cooking, pot, cooking pots for grandmother, gardening tools, and a jacket for grandpa. I mean, these are the kind of requests that would, would, would really bless these families at Christmas. They're not expecting anything. They weren't expecting anything, but this is what... Um, uh, something that we can do. There's, I just found out there is a uh, fifth family. Um, 
Uh, this is what they consider like a hidden homeless. They're, they're, they're really homeless. They don't have a home, but they're living with relatives in Waianae. And um, they're looking for some things. And is there anything else? I, forget? I, I, I probably that, That's about it. But, you know, they need help. And so this is an opportunity we can help. So go there. Visit the uh, angel tree on your way out. Get an ornament or two or three or whatever. You know, you can do a small thing of great love. And then what you do is you go buy that. If you can wrap it, it would be really great. And get that ornament and stick that ornament on top so we know what that is and for who that is. Okay, but here's the thing. It's got to be in by next Sunday. Because school lets out on Tuesday, the following Tuesday, and we got to get all these gifts to McKinley. All right? So if you could do that, get something today, and then um, they're on there, and then um, you know just bring them back next Sunday. That would be winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right? Okay? So thank you. Good job, Mr. Josh. Appreciate you taking the lead on that. Okay? Um, there's some other um, opportunities that I have for you that we would use some leadership on, Josh. So um, I'll, I'll talk to you after service. All right? All right? So, yeah, so that's kind of what Christmas is all about. And, and, and what we're going to do this morning, really, really quickly, is that I wanted to, I just felt like, let's ask God to fill our hearts with His truth and His love so that we can get Christmas right this year. How do we keep our focus? How do we keep our Christ, Christmas focus during this season? So I wanted to identify just a few Christmas items that you're going to see, you're going to touch, you're going to watch a lot over this Christmas season. And we're going to kind of use those, those, those objects like spiritual, like post-its. You know, my wife loves post-its. She got them all over the place to remind her of stuff. We're going to use this as spiritual um, post-its. And we're going to tether a Christian and a Christmas truth to that so that when you see that, you go like, oh, yeah, wait a minute, and get refocused on, on Christmas and get Christmas right, all right? So here's the first thing in how we can keep the Christ in Christmas, all right? First thing is nativity scenes. You know, this is a nativity scene. You're going to see a nativity scene at Kahala Mall, you know? And, and, and some of you have seen it, you know, and should be up there in a minute too. But, but you'll probably see, like, nativity scenes. You'll probably see them at, um, you know, maybe a neighbor's lawn or... You might see them in other public places if it's still legal, you know, those kind of things. Or you might see them around even on cards, or you might see them on, um, on magazines or on television. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do, right? Every time you see a nativity scene, whether it be in person or just on TV or something, um, every time you see a nativity scene, say to yourself, that really happened in human history. You know, that really happened. Because it's so easy to see a nativity scene and and kind of lump it all in there with all the other things we associate Christmas with, the Christmas trees and Santas and snowmen and elves, mistletoe, fruitcake, and all that kind of stuff. But let's get Christmas right this year. And, and every time we see a nativity scene, let's remember and say to ourselves, that really happened in human history because it really did. That Luke 2, what we saw... That really happened. There were actual shepherds there in a field when suddenly angels, yeah, real angels appeared. That really happened. There was this place, this dirty old place, stable, where, where Jesus was born. 
And sometimes we forget that it really did happen. You know, this isn't like Santa and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's not like snowman and elves and those kind of things. This really happened in human history. And so when you see a nativity scene, you know, you say to yourself, that really happened in human history. And then you just add, you know, this is the great part. You just add, and it happened in part for me. Yeah, that that really happened in human history. And, and, and it happened in part for me, that, that Jesus came here in human flesh to earth for 33 years, and he did so for you, that God the Father loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to come for us, and it really happened, you know. So every time you see that scene, you're going to say what? That really happened in human history, and in part, it happened for me, all right? Second thing is this year, and this time of year, you know, you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of, of seasonal music like in no other time in the year. You're not going to hear as much music as you're going to hear in the next 19 days, right? And some of it is going to be really beautiful and wonderful kind of music, and some of them just going to be kind of strange, right? Um, if you really thought about it, you know, that old favorite, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. You know, like, 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 what is that about, right? I mean, like, you think about that. I saw mommy kissing Santa or, or, or this old classic, grandma got run over by a reindeer. Like, no, how is that Christmas, right? You're going to hear all those kinds. And I didn't really believe that was a song. Someone said that there's a song called, you know, uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer. I thought, is that really a song? So I Googled it. That's really a song. And I said, man, it's got to be a country song. Yeah, that's a country song. You know, it's cool. But you're going to hear a lot of music. Some of them's going to be great. Some of them's just going to be strange. <clears throat> but, you know, what we can often do is when we hear that kind of music, we hear it, but we don't really hear it, right? It's like this background uh, noise, that, and it really doesn't affect you. But I'm going to ask you to do a little linkage, all right? Then I'm going to ask you to link any Christmas music you hear to the story we just read from Luke chapter 2. That every time you hear um, a song, you know, um, think of Luke chapter 2, 13 and 14. Suddenly the angel was joined, <clears throat> was joined by vast hosts of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And God sent his son for us. God came to bring peace on earth, to 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 bring a peace that surpasses all human understanding, to replace anxiety with peace, to give us um, a tranquility and a hope and a peace. That's why Jesus came, to bring peace on earth. And every time you hear <clears throat> Christmas music, you just think of that story. Think of that scene where angels came, and all of a sudden, maybe the first Christmas carol in history, they began to sing and to shout out, Glory to God in the high. And that's what we're going to do <clears throat> on Christmas Eve. I want to encourage you, join us for Christmas Eve. It's going to be a great service in which we take a break from all the busyness um, of the season and we say, you know what, glory to God in the highest. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be at 5.30 and it's going to be right across the way at Hirata Hall. That's right there on the, um, the McKinley campus. You got that big parking lot there and there's a room right there. And the reason we're meeting there, because that's a lot bigger than this, we can get more people in. And last year, we had like 200 people. It was like jam-packed, and the air conditioner 
wasn't really working. It was just a mess. So we decided, you know what, we're going to go over to Hirata Hall. We've been there a few times uh, this year. So 5.30 on Christmas Eve. It's going to be great. Okay? So whenever you hear Christmas music, yeah, you're going to say what? You're going to say, yes, God, you are worthy of all my worship and praise. You know, you're going to hear that music. I saw Mommy kissing Santa. Oh, you know what? Yes, God. You are worthy of all my worship and praise. Thank you for sending your precious son to die for me. You know, that's what we say, all right? <clears throat> Third thing, Christmas cards, right? You all get Christmas cards. And, um, you know, believe it or not, you know, I, I know I, I don't necessarily look like a real sentimental guy, but I am. And I got Christmas cards from a long time ago, you know, when I was at... First um, Chinese, uh, way back, doing their after-school program. And there's one, to Mr. Mark, yours truly, Allison and Melissa Morosui, you know. Kept it. It's like precious. And then I got like ones from my wife. Can't read those to you because I got a bunch of mushy stuff in it, you know, stuff like that. But I keep them all, you know. I just got them all, you know. And, and you got your Christmas cards, right? And when you receive a Christmas card, the first thing you ought to think is what? Man, this is so great that I am on someone's friendship list. And this is a really beautiful thing that we can thank God for friends who wanted to bless us with a little encouragement via a card. You know, that's a great thing. And then before you, you, know, you get your, you know, I don't know what you do at your house, something we put them on the wall and make a Christmas tree with them, whatever. Some of you put them in a stack, whatever. But here's what I want you to do before you stick it in that stack. You hold it in your hands. You know, you hold that Christmas card in your hand just for a second and think, you know what? The Bible says that when I opened my heart to Jesus, I got on God's friendship list. In John 15, 15 says, I, Jesus said this, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. When we accept Jesus into our lives, he becomes our friend. We get on God's friendship list. And the cool thing about that, you think of your, 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 your bestest human friend. And, you know, they're just human. They, they can't be with you all the time. You know, they're not perfect. You know, they're going to mess up from time to time because we're all human. But, but you are on a friendship list of someone who is absolutely flawless. That he'll give you all the time you need. He's available to you 24-7. He's there. That, that he, he listens like no one else. That, that his counsel to you is always wise and true. That his power and his resources are unlimited. And he makes it all available to you. And for some of you, you, know, you can't imagine how you're going to make it through this Christmas. This might be the first Christmas that you find yourself single maybe. Whether through a divorce or death. Or maybe, you know, you're kind of dealing with the eminent loss of someone you love because of a bad medical report. Or, or you know, maybe, um, you know, you, you just think about you're, you're away from home and your family is, you know, thousands of miles away. You just kind of feel alone. You know? but, but the good news is that when you give your heart to Jesus, you're just not alone at all. That God is there. That you're on his friendship list. He's there. He's, he's saying to you, you know what, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you into this Christmas season, no matter what you're going through. 
I'll be there. It might not be easy, but we're going to make it. See, whenever you get a Christmas card, you say, God, thank you for the friends that you've put into my life. Thank you that I'm on this person's friendship list. And then, before you put the card down, you say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the amazing miracle that through Christ that I am on your friendship list. Every time you get a card, you just remember, oh, I'm on God's friendship list, all right? Last one. We all get them. Christmas gifts, right? Maybe that's the bestest one. All you think about is Christmas gifts. We hustle around. We might even uh, wait to the last minute to go around and, and get a gift for someone. And, and around this time, you know, Christmas time, people who love give. You know, it's just that simple, right? People who love give. It's a way in which we express our love and our appreciation for someone, you know? And, and so when you get a gift, you know, you breathe a prayer of thanksgiving for the fact that someone loved you enough and cared about you enough that they took the time to get you that gift. And say, man, God, thank you. So appreciate that person. Thank you. And then before you go ripping into it, unwrapping it and all that stuff, you know, take a moment and you think about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace that we've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It's a what? It's a gift from God. Every person who has received salvation has received it for free. It was a gift. It was purchased. It was purchased with, you know, with a high, high and great price. But it's been made available as a gift. That's what God says in Ephesians. That Jesus Christ is God's Christmas gift to you. To all of us. You know, it's, he says that we don't, we cannot earn it. Just no matter what, we cannot earn it. But it's a gift that God is giving us. It's not like we do a whole bunch of good deeds and maybe we'll, we'll get this, you know. You know, because, you know, you know we've got to be nice. We've got to be good, you know, for, oh, so be good for goodness sakes. You know, all that kind of stuff. No, it's not about that. You know, it, it's a gift. It's a free gift. And when you get a Christmas gift, remember to give thanks to God for that person who just thought so much about you to get you that gift. Because it's an amazing thing. Sometimes we forget that. You know? And then you take time to say, God, thank you for this amazing gift of salvation. What an unbelievable God we have, right? That would give us a gift like that. You see? Maybe... We can get Christmas right this year as we begin to use these four mental, spiritual kind of post-it notes. And whenever, you know, we see these things, you know, it'll help us to keep our Christmas focus, right? So, when you see a nativity scene, right, what are you going to say? That really happened in human history. And it happened in part for me. You just think that this really happened. You know, so often we look at Bible stories and we think, man, you know, we, we know that that really happened. You know, David and Goliath, you know, there was this tall dude back then, you know, really happened. When you hear Christmas music, instead of just letting it be background noise, you know, 
We're going to think of Luke 2, and we're going to think of those angels gathered together and just say, glory to God in the highest heaven. You know, and that, that they came praising, praising God for who he was and what he was doing, sending his son Jesus. And then you're going to, every time you hear a Christmas song, right, you're going to say what? Yes, God, you are worthy of all my worship and praise. Thank you. Thank you for sending your precious son to me. Even if you hear the carpenters, you know, Merry Christmas, darling, before you go, oh, and put your arm, you say, you know, thank you, God. Thank you, you know. Even if you hear about the grandma being run over by the reindeer, even that, right, just let those send you to God. Thank you. Thank you that you are worthy of all my worship and praise. Thank you for sending, man, your precious son for me. When someone puts you on their friendship list and you get a Christmas card, you're going to thank God for, for just the friendship that God has given you with that person. And then you're going to say, what, God, thank you for the amazing miracle that through Christ I am on, what, your friendship list, right? It's what God did for you. It's a free gift from Ephesians chapter 2. You're going to say, man, God, thank you for the gift of salvation, right? That's what we're going to do. Let's use these mental post-it notes and let's keep, let's keep our focus this Christmas. And I'm praying that over the next 19 days, yeah, about there, right? 19 days. Yeah. I mean, we're going to remember and we're going to keep our Christmas focus. And that's gonna, it's going to be better than anything else. My daughter comes back on the 20th from Los Angeles, but this is even better than that. See? You know, I'm counting the days. You know, she's coming back on the 20th. Right? Come back at 5 or 5 p.m. on Hawaiian Airlines. <laughs> huh? See? Every time I see a plane, hey, she's coming back. You know, with gifts from, no, I'm not thinking that. <laughs> but when you see a nativity scene, man, this thing, that really happened. You know? When you hear Christmas music, you know, let it remind you, oh God, you're worthy of all my worship and praise. You know, you're going to get a Christmas card and say, man, God, thank you that I get to be on your friendship list. When you get a gift, you know, when you get that gift, you know, instead of going, you know, that stuff, you say, man, God, thank you for your precious gift of your son given to me. And let's get Christmas right this year, right? Why don't you stand with me? <clears throat> Father, thank you. I pray that this Christmas we'll get it right. I pray that uh, from today that, that it'll just jog our memories. When we see one of those nativity scenes, man, it'll remind us. And we'll say, man, that really did happen, and it happened in part for me. That when we, that when we um, hear Christmas music, that it'll remember, man, God, you're worthy of all our praise and worship. That when we get those Christmas cards, we'll say, God, thank you for friendship. But thank you, I get to be on your friendship list. When we get those gifts, before we get all excited about the gift, we'll just say, thank you, God. Thank you that you gave us the most amazing gift of your son, the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Help us to get Christmas right this year. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.